0: Well, I've always contended how these folks have a, uh, an agenda, and, and the agenda is to disarm the American people, and the truth be damned.
1: Well, you, you, were, a, uh, you were featured, not featured, but you were one of the persons interviewed in the videotape that the, the John Birch Society did on the United Nations. Correct. And it dealt with global gun control, and really, this is really what it boils down to. I'm not saying the average person who yaps about, mindlessly yaps about gun control is part of the agenda, but back in 61, the State Department document, 7277, spelled it out, and it's quite clear and quite brutal. They want to control, they want to confiscate all weapons, except of those of agreed types and quantities to be bu- used by U.N. Peace Force. And we see what the U.N. Peace Force does around the world. Um, and that, that's this really... They're very people. I, in fact, I love your most recent little cartoon about the U.N. And this is another issue uh, that... Uh, even some of the gun organizations don't talk about it. You do, and I'm very glad that your organization does. First of all, the UN has always been an enemy of the, the Jewish people when they re- re- refer to Zionism as racism. They officially changed that a few years ago. They gave op- observation status to the premier, not, uh, I should say Nazi-communist-racist uh, hyphen uh, hyphen anti-Semite in the world, Yasser Arafat, who, by the way, now is getting money from the American taxpayers, and he's, m- m- what did he get? It? He got the Nobel Peace Prize because he hasn't blown up any school buses in the last couple of years, no at, least week, <laughs> at least officially, or murdered any athletes. So therefore he gets the Nobel Peace Prize. And who, where is he going? He's not, he's not visiting the anti-Semitic groups around the country on the speaking tours. He's visiting the White House. You see, those are the kind of people that love this man, the world's premier anti-Semite. Yet, I can imagine that 10 years ago, if the John Birch Society sponsored a speaking tour of this fellow, this, this contemptible human being, the left would have rightfully con- condemned us. But now he's getting ro- rolling out the carpet for this creep at the White House. See? So that should get people thinking. Well, that on? really should
0: get people thinking as to, um, as to how anti-American uh, many of our uh, so-called politicians are in, w- w- within America in the really anti-american
1: people. in the novel uh mitzvah you had a very interesting uh, and i guess this is the kind of part you want to reread where one of the uh the priest after he had his conversion his ideological conversion anyway he he gave a sermon about uh, the the criminals the gun controls and so forth and so on and he was basically told to uh, reconsider his views or be fired and it was the the head of the chicago archdiocese that, that he was given a fictional name and he was a big gun owner but, of course, the, those laws are for other people, not for the elite. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it's quite interesting. Of course, we've seen that. Um, Carl Rowan is an example of that. Uh, the Carl Rowan, the syndicated columnist, who a few years ago shot a couple of kids who were simply swimming in their swimming pool. Now, I'm not going to shoot people if they're picking tomatoes in my backyard. I might tell them to get out of there. I'm not going to shoot them and try to kill them for simply picking tomatoes. They don't have a pool. I'm not wealthy enough to have a pool. I, well, I've got a little waiting pool for my children. That, that doesn't count, though. <laughs> I'm not one of the elite. But it, it, here he was, an advocate of gun control, and he uses these weapons and tries to kill these kids so simply swimming in his swimming pool. You, so, know, you
0: notice where he got, he got the weapon, by the way. The story goes he got it from his son. Who who's FBI? An, an FBI, next,
1: an FBI agent. Yes. Well, we're having another, uh, n- another break, and please stay tuned for Aaron Zellman. Uh, and also, we need your calls, 883-1590, and we'll be back. Another break, and please stay tuned for Aaron Zellman. Uh, and also, we need your calls, 883-1590, and we'll be back. Oh, I am filling in for Anne Conceitian on Radio Free New Hampshire, and on the line with me is Aaron Zellman, Executive Director for the Jews for the Preservation and Firearms Ownership. We were talking about many things in the first, uh, in the last uh, segment, and we talked about the UN. Also, one of the cartoon comic books that they have to uh, educate people is gun control is racist. And of course, we're not trying to imply that automatically that if you support gun control, you're a racist. But I think Mr. Zellman can elaborate on that. Give us some background information, some history of gun controls, and how it is indeed racist.
0: Sure, thank you. Most people don't realize how gun control started in America by not allowing uh, slaves or newly freed slaves uh, or free blacks, as they call them then, to uh, own firearms. That is the genesis of gun control in America. And that uh, it it has continued on and on and on. And and, and many of these uh, laws we have today, uh, gun registration is an example or a permit to carry a firearm, or special taxes. All of this originated from racist policies. And so gun control is very much a racist concept. Even today, if you go into a retail store, if anybody's ever filled out one of the yellow forms, one of the 4473, Mm -hmm. they still ask what a person's race is. And that's after they have, of course, the serial number of the firearm, the make, the manufacture, your address, and all the other information that they want. So the, the 68 Gun Control Act uh, was passed. Uh, one of the reasons was to uh, track who was buying firearms. and They wanted to make it more difficult for black Americans to buy firearms.
1: And it's much easier to control individuals who are, we know they're disarmed. We know that the government oh, absolutely.
0: knows. Absolutely. F- again, you
1: know,
0: the, the, the one thing that has to be in place to have an effective police state to disarm disarmed citizenry.
1: And I think all advocates of total government know that very much. Um, it's interesting, uh, we, here in New England, Vermont, Maine, and New Hampshire usually have the lowest crime in the country. Usually, Vermont, I think, is the lowest in the country. And we're talking about per capita crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vermont's about a half a million people. And it's also the most uh, heavily armed state. More gun owners in Vermont than anywhere else in the country. Yet the crime rate's the lowest. And usually I'll debate people who support gun control and will say, well, because it's a rural state, it should be irrelevant. It's the question of people, private citizens. And they'll say, yes, but in cities like Washington and Boston and here and there. And i will say, well, wait a minute. What population are you talking about? And they eventually, using the Socratic method, they're able to say, well, these are poor neighborhoods and minorities. They don't always say this. So if you got the crime, if you looked at all the statistics, how many people are killed and broke it down per square mile, where most of the crimes are being committed, you would look at probably inner cities where most of the crimes happen. And we're talking about a relatively small part of the country. You anyway, a couple hundred square miles when you get down to it. And, of course, living in inner cities is where the crime is, and that's where the gun should be needed by law-abiding citizens more than anyone else.
0: And in also, the uh, area, if you think about it, those are the areas where they push the government pushes 911 on people the
1: most. That's right. That's right. Call 9-1-1 And rely on the government to save you but don't rely upon yourself. Really, they're not making cowards out of us. And In, in Massachusetts, when we had the, the illustrious Governor Dukakis who ran for president, they were trying to uh, make it illegal to shoot somebody in your home. And it, today, and most people around the country, it's very difficult. If you shoot somebody in the home who's broken into your home, then you're usually arrested. Automatically, you're, you're a suspect. And, uh, of course, the average patrolman, well he doesn't want to do this but they have to abide by the, the rules and regulations so it automatically when you see that person breaking in your home you're thinking I'm going to go to jail if I shoot this guy and uh, you know, of course you usually think you save your family's life first and when people do in fact in Massachusetts there was a black man who used a gun to save his life and he spent, a, because the gun wasn't licensed, he spent a year in jail the criminal didn't go to jail at all, he spent a year in jail
0: hopeful that this book we're bringing out, Dial 911 and Die, will help people in these situations, because it will expose the big fraud that the government has perpetrated of getting people to rely on the government to protect them when the government has no obligation to do so.
1: Right, so hopefully
0: this will be a tool when the book comes out in a couple of weeks to help people uh, fight this battle and not, not be so reticent about defending their lives.
1: One of the problems I in, encounter in my travels is that a lot of people get discouraged. They think that it's uh, hopeless, We have it's too late, we have no chance. Give us some examples of people who affiliate with your organization that have used this information and have won battles and have changed minds and hearts and such.
0: Well, I think one of the most uh, intriguing ways this is being done is by a program we've been promoting as Bill of Rights Day, all of the Bill of Rights for All Citizens. December 15, 1791, the Bill of Rights was ratified, and we've had people around the country uh, promoting Bill of Rights Day, and in doing so, they are they're reaching out to other people who, you know, don't think much about the Second Amendment because they have other uh, priorities in their life. They may not necessarily be against the Second Amendment, you know, firearms ownership, but they're beginning to realize that the Bill of Rights really is a package deal. And that if they're concerned about their First Amendment rights or Fifth Amendment rights or states' rights, they have to support all of the Bill of Rights for all citizens. So that, in a general way, has been very helpful in getting people to think more about the entire Bill of Rights. I think also um, our our little booklet, the Grandpa Jack series of Illustrated Booklets that you call comic books, have been very useful on on a national basis. They have over half a million copies now in circulation. And Uh, We've had a number of people who call, and they just give us some anecdotal information about how they had a family member who, you know, was a a real ardent supporter of Handgun Control, Incorporated. And after looking at our material, they're rethinking their position, at the very least. And uh, I think that this is there was another situation in Massachusetts where there was a politician who's now retired, who, upon looking at our information, decided to vote against the bill. Uh, to outlaw the possession of semi-automatic weapons, and his one vote sunk it. Now, he re- retired. It, it sunk the bill. Uh, he, he did retire. following year, somebody came in and replaced him who was, uh, to put it bluntly, didn't give a damn about the Bill of Rights, and they were able to push the ban through. So what it takes is just constant of vigilance and, uh, and promoting uh, the concept of freedom, and you, you can't stop That's one of the things I think gun owners can be faulted upon, too, by the way, is that we'll win some kind of small victory and then just uh, go back to uh, our hobbies instead of continuing to turn this crank constantly and then to promote more freedom ideas.
1: Well, one of the things that I I do...
0: The enemy never rests.
1: No, and they're well-funded, too. Unfortunately,
0: gun owners get too complacent.
1: (laughs) One of the things that I do when I pick up newspapers and see letters in the newspaper, either pro or against the gun issue... I'll try to get information to the, in the, these people's hands and send them a nice little cover letter, hoping to educate them, hoping to, uh, if they're Second Amendment advocates, to reinforce the fact that uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that feel this way, or, or at least um, if I can't educate and motivate, I want to anger You know, get some of these people who are adamant gun control advocates, or I challenge them to debate. And you know what? None of the gun control advocates in Boston want to debate me I, on my various, I have, a, have done a TV show in the past,
0: well, they're not happy with with the facts. They're not happy with the truth. They just they other people be totally ignorant of them. You know, I'll give you an example. You know, Gun control advocates never uh, speak out against rapists. Uh, gun control advocates never speak out in favor of people staying alive. And uh, they, they, these are areas where they're very vulnerable. You know, we have a new T-shirt as an example on our webpage. I hope people are able to go there, and again, it's jpfo.org but it shows a woman uh, there's a ski mask rapist standing behind her pulling off her her dress you see her shoulder exposed she's trying to unlock her trigger lock and underneath the caption says you know trigger locks rapist approved
1: well we're going to our final break and uh, please stay on stay tuned to um, radio free america radio free new hampshire wisconsin and before the show ends we'll give out phone numbers and email numbers again the Second Amendment is uh, quite a, of course, it's the second one, so it must be pretty important of the Bill of Rights, and the word people is used, and I recommend everybody to memorize this. A well-regulated militia being necessary for the, to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Sounds rather absolute to me. The word people is interesting, too. It's spelled P-E-O-P-L-E, and you'll find the word people in the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Ninth and Tenth Amendments as well. However, these gun control advocates ignorantly or deliberately say that the word people somehow means National Guard, which, of course, didn't even that term didn't exist until the turn of the century. Uh, Aaron, what are your comments on the Second Amendment, the word people, and some of the arguments that are used to basically discredit this amendment, this very vital amendment?
0: Well, let us start with... Uh, the whole concept of the Bill of Rights was, in effect, a uh, written affirmation of rights that existed before—before, correct—before the very existence of the government, before the very existence of America. The right to bear the right to defend one's life is an uh, unalienable right. It's a God-given right, and people have the right to defend their life. That's the way God wants it. So these people, well, let me use the term, these individuals, whatever they
1: are,
0: <laughs> I don't even consider them people sometimes, these, these, these creatures.
1: Who, Bipeds? Pardon me? Bipeds? You
0: could call them yes. that if you want. <laughs> um, these anti-American uh, creatures, uh, you know, they're, they're, their whole goal, again, is an agenda to destroy the ability of people to defend themselves against big government. And so that's why they use these weasel words. But it's important that people understand that the the right to defend one's life is what the Second Amendment is all about, and that it was and, and that this right existed before the government existed. Uh, also, I think it's important for people to understand the term "well regulated" within the, the, the Second Amendment clause. Well regulated, in the terms of the day, well, those words meant well prepared orderly well drilled it does not mean government regulated and one can go to the oxford dictionary and look up the term well regulated and find it there for themselves
1: and it's interesting to note that the important thing again of course is that every state constitution has a similar provision defending or protecting not giving but protecting that right to keep and bear arms or self defense in some states, I think New Hampshire, the word is, or the term, it shall not be questioned. Pennsylvania, the same way. But unfortunately, a lot of these politicians have been questioning it or ignoring it.
0: Well, you see, this is one of the problems we have, Hal, is that that's why we started Bill of Rights Day, is that people don't know what their rights are. It's pretty easy to destroy them right before their very eyes.
1: What's fascinating is that I do information tables at various events, even gun shows, and I have a 10-question quiz, and I give free constitutions for those to take it. You'd be surprised, or maybe you won't be surprised, how little people know. Uh, law students who don't know s- simple things about the uh, the Constitution, and of course, if you don't know anything about it, it's easy to destroy it.
0: Well, they're not taught it. In other words, you know, I, in fact, I'll be giving a speech later on this week uh, dealing with the Second Amendment, and uh, 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 Richard Stevens, the attorney who helped me put this together, made it very clear that, as a former law professor, he's well aware that the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, what little of it is taught, is taught very poorly in in law schools. And so if you have lawyers who don't understand it, and you have judges who don't understand it, is is it any wonder that the people don't understand what their rights are? And is it any wonder, is it any mystery, as to why the people are not supposed to understand what their rights are?
1: In One of your publications, you used the term, you referred to gun owners as the people being demonized, and, uh, by the way, I didn't uh, mean to demonize, if I had meant to, uh, meant tongue in cheek, people who oppose us, uh, at least those who do it ignorantly, uh, because they, the, 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 those enemies of gun ownership have referred to people who own guns as nuts and kooks and wackos and such, and automatically there's a stigma attached in many people who are, uh, fear defending that because of a label, much like what happened in Nazi Germany. They, you you deny, dehumanize a Jew, you get propaganda specialists that say the Jews are subhuman or beneath, uh, not com- completely evolved, and other items, so it's much easier to kill or to persecute. David Koresh was a right-wing fanatic kook. He deserved what he got, it's, so it's much easier to feel good about ourselves after, these, after we've been conditioned to accept or to believe things about certain human beings. But, you know, David Koresh, while I disagree with his views, was a human being who had children that loved him, and the people in China are human beings that had the same aspirations. The people that were Nazi Germany, had uh, the Jews, and others that were under the Hitler's boot had the same aspirations as we have. We're human beings. They're human beings. Gun owners are human beings, too. They're not kooks and fanatics. And, in fact, uh, the very few the incidents that you hear about most of these people aren't uh, law-abiding, God-fearing uh, types. They're the other types, you know, uh, that just fell about in California who uh, who uh, had an- these anti-Semitic leanings. No, well, I,
0: but I would also suggest that the people who demonize gun owners and, um, uh, and and others who are God-fearing are not are they themselves are not God-fearing at all, and that they uh, are they're the ones who wear the jackboots, and if you call them Nazis. Uh, I think it's a very accurate
1: description. Well, a Nazi is one who advocates total government, so obviously if those folks advocate that, and anyone who wants to deny certain basic human rights and fundamental rights to individuals, what other term can apply? Uh, Aaron, give us some more, uh, give us your addresses again and things that that your organization provides, information that people might want to get a hold of. Uh,
0: Thank you. Our webpage address again is uh, jpfo.org. Our uh, phone number is 414-673-9745. Our fax number is uh, 9746. And our address would be JPFO Incorporated, that's short for Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership, P.O. Box two seven zero one four three, And we're in the city of Hartford, Hartford, Wisconsin, WI. 53027.
1: Okay, you've been listening to Radio Free of New Hampshire, uh, the Anne Concession Show, and Aaron Zellman of the JPFO. Aaron, thank you very much. My pleasure, thank and you. God we'll bless you.
0: Take care.